So she's definitely walking around like, it was just a crush, whatever. And Josie's like having a midlife crisis. Like, it was just a crush. It wasn't was just a crush. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to The Hosey Show, where we take an in-depth look at legacies in the Vampire Diaries universe. A part commentary, part conversation, and almost always an hour. Let's take a look at how legacies fucked up this time. Hi, I'm Rihanna. Victoria. And I'm Bree. And we're back for another episode of Legacies, discussing 402 and also HoseyCon, hosted by Gold Rush Events, featuring Danielle and Kaylee. And we're going to talk all about everything that was shared over the convention, with like 400 people sharing this huge map of all of their experiences. But yeah, let's get right into it. Earlier today, I was just like randomly thinking and like picturing a scene of Josie trying to get something out of a vending machine and it like gets stuck. <laughs> and then her being like, oh shit. And then Hope just manifesting out of thin air. Like, do you need someone to siphon? <laughs> <laughs> Josie just like jumping out like, oh no, it's okay. We're still in the school. I can just siphon the ground. And then Hope is already grabbing her hands. Like, it's okay. <laughs> It would just be so funny if, if she did it and then like Josie's like, it's a vending machine. I can't <laughs> magically get it out. Hope, can you just shake it for me, baby? Or do you have it? any change? Like loose Do you change? have any change? Yeah. She and Hope is like, no, it's okay. Actually, you know what? I think to get the strongest point of magic, you can like touch my head or something. Like, like touch my forehead. <laughs> I think that way you'll get more energy out of me. Or like put your hand to my chest or something like that. And then Josie's like, uh... I just need like five quarters. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, uh, I just need a, I just need a dollar twenty five. Is that okay? Like, that's so funny. That's so funny. She'd be like, Josie, you you need somebody to siphon. Let's hold hands. She'd be like, hold, Let's hold hands. I, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to get to the bathroom. What are you doing? Like, just... <laughs> that's great. Oh, sorry, you can't tell me that Hope Michelson isn't simping over Josie at every moment of every day. Trying mm-hmm. to find excuses to hold her hand. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite things was learning from HoseyCon. If you don't know what HoseyCon was, it's essentially, it was on October 23rd, Saturday, uh, Gold Rush Events, a newly up and coming virtual convention while we're still in pandemic times. And they recently invited the Legacies cast and a bunch of other supernatural and sci-fi related fantasy shows. And we learned from there from a like a collaboration of like everyone sharing their experiences with Danielle and Kaylee individually and also during panels. We learned that Danielle said that um, it's really interesting when people ask the same question to Danielle and then the same question with respect to Josie to Kaylee. For example, we learned that um, Danielle interprets Hope believing that Lizzie had already told Josie about Hope's past crush, which we learned in episode 206. But Kaylee's Mm -hmm. response to that same question was that Josie wouldn't, like the way that she's acting right now and the way that Kaylee's putting into Josie is that Josie does not know. So they're both acting with a miscommunication trope right there. And I think that's just so funny because, you know, looking at the, the last episode, 402, the way that Hope was, like, speaking a mile a minute, like, um, don't you need someone to siphon? And, like, if Danielle is playing it, that Hope already knows or, or believes that Lizzie had told Josie, but then Josie is seemingly brushing her off 
or um, choosing other people over hope, especially someone not as powerful as hope and hope's ego is definitely bruised. And then Kaylee's playing it like Josie uh, doesn't know that hope could ever like her. So they're just mm-hmm. they're running on two different tracks that are just like continuously parallel they'll never cross and it's so annoying but it's so funny because (laughs) like hope being desperate to be like i mean take take my hands like come on magic siphon me and then josie being like it's okay i got someone else and then you like look at who she's talking about and then hope's like oh okay Okay. (laughs) team (laughs) hashtag girl boss (laughs) (laughs) hashtag woman in stem i guess uh walks away (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's she's like so i guess funny. i'm a feminist whatever <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny it's like the accidental tropes that keep getting thrown at them like you know how ironic that is the fact that in danielle's mind hope is just sort of like oh, it's whatever. It's, it was a one-week crush. You know, I'm trying not to think that deeply mm-hmm. about it. Like, it definitely mm-hmm. makes but sense. Then, like, I feel like... But the, yeah, but then it's yeah. like, Josie is definitely, like, operating like she never knew. And it's... Because you can't tell me that if Josie found out, she would not be oh, no. somehow by it. Because uh-huh. it's like... It, it, it's like, my biases yeah. aside, there's a whole scene where Josie's talking about, like, how scary that time period was for her like when she burned down hope's room and like how much that crush meant to her so you can't tell me that her finding out that the feelings were reciprocated would not make her like, jumpy <laughs> or just or just, or just like have to talk to hope about it. she wouldn't she wouldn't just like be like oh hope oh, yeah. crush me. Oh, okay like she, she would, would agonize she would do something she yeah. would think about it it would definitely be something it so was, it's be sort awkward. of it's, yeah so it's definitely funny because it's almost something that we kind of like retcon not retcon but like headcanon that was sort of happening anyway it makes a lot of sense though i feel like hope her character just like assumes the other people know Mm -hmm. things or just like Like, i I, I think (laughs) i genuinely feel like hope in a certain way kind of doesn't understand human emotions to a degree so she's definitely walking around like it was just a crush, whatever. And Josie's like having a midlife crisis. Like, it was just a crush. It what wasn't just a crush. <laughs> <laughs> like Hope doesn't really like grasp how deep like a crush is. I feel like um, you know Danielle agreeing that Hope probably told her family like that um, that that Josie was her like sexual awakening, specifically her bisexual awakening. I think that Hope would definitely tell Freya and definitely tell like I don't know Haley (laughs) it's like everyone else around her and her family would be like oh my god our our daughter our niece is 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 is, has a crush as a first crush that's so adorable that's amazing and then and then Hope herself is like yeah it's just like this fluttery thing in my heart it's not a big deal guys you know and then she's just carried that over into her teen almost young adult life and i'm like hope you actual dumbass it's just hilarious to me how they don't communicate at all seriously so much of Hosey is just miscommunications and them being dumb gays it's so trippy like <laughs> talk to each other please do i have to lock you in a closet i'm pretty sure probably about that somewhere oh, isn't yeah. that in one of your <laughs> chapters where they get stuck in a closet yeah 
<laughs> There's just that's just a reoccurring thing in fix at this point. I mean, Genuinely. yes, I love the fic that you wrote that they were <laughs> Lizzie. Like, I don't know, she was surprised to find them in the in the trunk of a car, and like, uh, you know, I feel like. It's it's like you could put that scenario happening right now, like hoping like, oh my god, Josie, there's a chupacabra outside, and then Josie's like, what? And then she's like getting pulled into like a closet, a trunk, or some small space, and then hopes yeah. like, wow, that's so crazy. There's a monster outside. We need to hold hands. And then Josie's like, what? <laughs> she's like having like a meltdown because Hope fucking Michelson is like so close to her. I think I think that needs to happen in the show. <laughs> I think yeah. they need to be it put so in, a, in a scenario. <laughs> I need, I need hope. I need like, I need hope like on truth weed and like losing her mind. And I need her to be like, Josie, hold my hand. There's a monster coming. And then it's just like a bunny or something. And Josie's looking at her like, are you good? And Hope's yeah. like, no, I'm high. I can't yeah, yeah. so. Like- <laughs> in the panda scene, you know how Lizzie was the one, like, that kind of person who's high, who's like, oh, my God, my hands are paws, sort of thing. And everyone else is, like, giggly. I need Hope to be, like, like how Lizzie was, like, oh, my God, I'm falling through the ceiling or, or something like that. <laughs> I need Hope to have, like, one moment where she's letting go of her inhibitions and acts, like, a crazy person that's all yes the talent <laughs> show need. episode her inhibitions lowered the mm-hmm. slug mm, that was good that was really funny because she was just like she was just like Josie um do you need help like I can slay the she devil for you I I <clears throat> what did that letter say oh my god Josie what did that letter say did it say check this box if you want to kiss me check this yeah check this box if you want to kill me like she was like speaking a mile a minute I cannot like I cannot, <laughs> I could not, like, catch that. Um, I feel like I need to, like, rewatch. like, oh, my God, she really is so excited to help Josie out. And then Josie's just so confused. She's like, are you okay, Hope? <laughs> now, the episode was interesting, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, trying to think, you know, like, the most monumental thing that happened in it was the Josh breakup. Yeah, I think, I think in terms of like, <laughs> Victoria's, Victoria's thank like, thank God, Amen. <laughs> um, I really thought hmm. my thought is like, you know how the episode before she was like, oh, would you rather have an honest relationship? Mm-hmm. Like half dead on the couch. Like, like, would you rather have an honest relationship? Yeah, and then yeah. Next episode, nothing even changed. Like nothing new was revealed. Genuinely, yeah. it was supposed to be like tw- genuinely it was supposed to be twenty four hours later. That's what's so less funny than about it like to that's twelve really? hours. That was the me- evening later, and Josie being like, "Wow, do you know what else is there? It's in Italy." And she's all like, "Let's go to Italy." And Finch was like, "Whoa, going like, fast yeah. there," or something what? like that. She says going fast there, but Lizzie literally said it was three weeks and she's already saying I love you, so <laughs> like Yeah. I don't understand what repelled her based just on that. It's really weird. I think the thing about the love thing is that it was confusing the way that it was delivered because the way that I interpret it and that Josie misinterpreted, and I think a lot of the audience like believe that because Josie misinterpreted it, that's what, what she meant. But I thought of it like Finch was saying like 
oh, yeah, you know, it's hard to lose the people that you love who are, like, on a limited lifespan. Let me check exactly what she said. Like, um, it, it's something like it's something like it's hard to be with somebody when they are counting down the days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, like the day they die. And, you know, like I have a lot of thoughts around that. So let me get into my rant to get it over with. So that this yes. podcast doesn't wind up being two hours. Right. <laughs> like Finch, Finch says that there's nothing peaceful about counting the days until you lose someone you love. And I'm pretty right. sure she was referencing the fact that she had to watch her grandfather like yeah. die on his yeah. deathbed. So that's what I got. But Josie misinterprets it like, did you just say, and then Finch says not on purpose. And I think, I think that Josie just feels like oh this is another person that just said the l word and is walking away from me um Mm -hmm. but i genuinely don't think that this is the end of john i think that this was like one of their biggest like oh finally they're having drama and um a real reason that someone is like uh like having angst over but Mm -hmm. um like, they could never really repair this one because, like we were saying in um, the previous episode, it's really important that when Josie had to share, like, oh, this is what the merge is, if the writers were truly wanting to build Josh to be, like, a proper, long-standing ship that could be endgame, they needed to be very careful in how Finch reacts to that. And this episode, we saw that reaction. And her reaction, Mm -hmm. and completely contradictory to the last episode where she tells Josie, you're not getting rid of me that easily. I can take it. Like, she's talking all this talk and isn't, like, she's just got her foot in her mouth at this point because she cannot live to those those words that she said. And she walks Mm -hmm. away from Josie. Um, Yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah, I feel like it's, if you told me that Malivore was still like a mud pit and was still sending monsters out of it, I genuinely would think that like Finch was under some like mind control of a monster or something. Because that's how random that breakup was to me and how much it did make sense. I was like, is somebody like influencing her? Did somebody take over her body Malivore style and now she's dumping Mm -hmm. Josie like how Malivore dumped Hope? I don't know. I was like, I was just, because I was so confused as to the 180. You know, um, I got a few um, anonymous like messages on my Curious Cat that were like asking me what I thought with the Josh breakup. And I would have to disagree that I think, I don't think Josh is going to get back together, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I just don't because there's something about somebody looking you in the face and saying, you're not worthy enough for me to stand alongside you with this battle that's coming. Hmm. Interesting. And just like, leaving like it's 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 the merch like I was I think I sent you a a voice note Rihanna but I was like she didn't break up with Josie because she didn't like her hair or something stupid it wasn't because she saw Hope and Josie together and she got jealous it wasn't (laughs) something very trivial you know it was over the fact that Josie is going through something that she can't control Mm -hmm. like the best way we try to compare it to is like it's not a terminal illness but 
that's the most um, real life situation that we could compare what being a Gemini twin right. is like. Because it's like knowing that you're, you have something that you can't get rid of and you have nothing else to do but to count down your days until, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's super scary. And, and the, I almost hate the fact that the writer said Josie's made peace with it. Because I'm like, how? It's been a year. Yeah, right. Like, timeline-wise, she only learned about the merge like a year ago. She's supposed to be 17 years old. I'm t- I would be terrified for years if I found out that yeah. I would be either murdering my sister or dying. Like, right. so I, I would almost be... hate the fact that they pushed that that development on the back burner, but whatever. I would so, be so yeah. put off with the fact that, well, I, I mean, I would I would logically, if I was, if I were told that I was either going to like never, I was going to lose my sister and the, the reason that would be me or I was going to die mm-hmm. in a few years, then what would be the point of college? You know, I would be in that headspace like, fuck right what's I would the point be, I would of be like, like even super, starting super depressed like right yeah it it can it could really genuinely make lizzie and josie spiral the whole this whole thing so it's the fact that this is josie's problem is that she keeps getting left because she's like not enough for people and a lot of people don't see her as something like worth sticking around for because it's like either too painful like it was for Penelope she Penelope was like this is a situation that I just can't handle so she had to leave um you know Landon didn't was like you know I don't you're not enough for me I love somebody more than you and it, Jade yeah. was Jade, Jade was like basically Jade wasn't that deep but it still was like I think that I should leave and whatever we have isn't worthy enough for me to stay and I was like okay, and I'm your whatever. babysitter and that's a little weird yeah yeah exactly and now now this you like imagine having somebody dig around your life because they want to know so much about you so damn bad and and saying all this stuff about how you can't get rid of me this easily how I will stick around and I'll go through all the hard stuff with you and then less than 24 hours after you finally reveal like one of your deepest darkest secrets they basically say I can't do this. It's too much for me. Now, a lot of people are like, yeah, Finch, well, she's a teenager. She has her own things. And I do agree. I understand that. Finch clearly has some sort of like trauma with losing people because of her grandfather, because she had to watch the only person who ever truly like loved her die in front of her at a very young age. I get that. This is like a trigger for her, I guess. But it was just so interesting to see, like they have several episodes where this girl is like, you can open up to me. You can tell me. I'll stick by you. I'll ride with you. Like several episodes right. of her just making these affirmations and debt and like seeming like she nothing will take Josie away from her. And then yeah, she just leaves her on the park bench. <laughs> and I'm like, really? This happened? I was so confused. In it was public, such a 180. It's like, In public. It's almost like the writers just realized that nobody liked them and were like, oh. yeah it's almost it it genuinely feels like it genuinely feels like they kind of like realized that nobody or not enough people were into them so they said okay let me just get rid of this one but it was so random it almost was like damn did y'all they they don't care about finch's character at all because the lack of development but also the complete contradictory statements the love bombing it's like the love thing I almost didn't even really take that as a confession of Josie I the way that that whole conversation goes is that she like switches 
point of views and is talking from Josie's point of view at one point and then she goes back mm-hmm. and the way that it sounds is like she was saying to me that one day she could love Josie and she can't see herself being with somebody for six years and somebody that she has been grown to love by then and then having to watch her die you know I saw it as like her saying she could love Josie I see that too eventually yeah, but it's like even if she does right now, at the end at the end of the day, they're sixteen, seventeen years old. We have those things where you feel like you love somebody after a month. I've seen it. We all went to high school. We all know that people are crazy <laughs> when you're at that age, and and people make a whole bunch of declarations that you never see them after graduation. It happens, right? But so I'm like, I wasn't surprised at the fact that like she dropped it that fast, genuinely. Um, but. If it was that, but at the same time, I can see it as a different interpretation. No, I kind of agree. I think it's like her saying, I don't want to get more emotionally invested in this. Right, right. She was like, I need to cut this off because she can't handle it her own self. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but it was very much like the complete opposite of what she was saying the episode before. It was like very Uh, weirdly like whiplash. (laughs) <laughs> like literally she was like you can drain me until i'm dry she basically said you can murder me josie because that's how hard i ride i mean that you. was such, like-, <laughs> like that that's love bombing like this grand yeah. gesture um these the excessive like no i i i can i'll be essentially your your battery i'll i'll do these things because you know we're we're obviously like we're we're compatible. Look, we took this on. Like we took this quiz. We took this like TMZ magazine. Blah, the blah, only blah. quiz question was like, "What vacation house do you want?" How does that make you compatible? <laughs> when they jinxed, and I was like, "Oh God, did y'all never go to like a middle school sleepover and play like Truth or Dare?" And like that is not your soulmate. That is not. I agreed with Lizzie the whole time, and then oh, at the yeah. end. At the end, Lizzie was like, oh, like, I can be really harsh on, like, Josie's relationships. And I'm, I'm like, no, this one um, kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. What <laughs> I think what frustrates me is that they, like, always seemingly pose that Lizzie was actually in the wrong in a lot of scenarios. But it's like, no, Lizzie's right. Like, open your damn mouth. Keep going. Like, you're right. This was a three-week commitment. And suddenly you're dropping, like, um... Uh, oh wow we're you know let's go to italy let's get really close let's um uh i want to know your deepest darkest secrets be super vulnerable after like three weeks and you haven't like had like a coffee or something you know and i (laughs) and like uh she didn't even josie didn't even like emphasize her boundaries either um i feel like when when they were like in that rush and they were in the circle and they were like rushing to do that spell to bring out everyone from malalandon it was just so sudden um finch just decides to drop the fact like oh yeah i know you're a gemini witch and i know that you know you're keeping it from me because i was trying to research it and i couldn't find more information and then josie was like how did you know and lizzie's like we you know, we got to cut this short because their lives in danger. But Finch is just like, it's funny that Finch decided to drop it right before like a big danger thing that they couldn't like talk about it. Just like now that I'm saying this aloud, I'm realizing this is just like in hand in season one. Landon saying to Hope, like, if you need to keep secrets, keep them. That's OK with me. 
And then, like, okay, so it was episode eight that they found out about Sayla, Landon's mother. And then, like, episode nine, it was the nightmare episode. And Landon says, like, it's okay. You can keep secrets. I'm fine with that. And episode 14, Hope is jumpy and and stuff like that. And then Penelope, like, shares to Landon while he's most vulnerable and stuff like that with uh, Roman around. So now Landon knows that Hope had to withhold that information and then suddenly he's like acting like you lied to me I can't believe it and then walks out on her and it's like didn't you just promise to her full-heartedly at the fireplace all of these things and then you're just like you you decide to finish the bottle and like walk out it's very like that's what it reminded me of and then episode 15, we see Hope having to be the one that faces, like, this therapy and the repercussions, like, talking to her subconscious, like, oh, what did you actually mean? Why did you lie to him? But we didn't see any of Landon progress with himself. Like, why did he walk out? What was what made him say this thing but actually walk out? And they, like, they made us, like, they just put a sloppy Band-Aid on a very alarming cut because they just... They just dropped the I love you in episode 16 and then Hope's like, and now I got to drop into Malivore and be forgotten. Goodbye. Like, they just do all of these, like, whoa, they just spiked up to the I love yous and then something big happens and then they forget about it, push it back in the in the burner, back burner, and then we just move on. We're like, what? Didn't, didn't you just do this after you did that? And the same thing is happening with Josh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Josh is the same as Hand. It's like, the same character yeah <laughs> except I'm, even like, worse i think like i don't know i swear like the writers must have some kind of like construct of this character bad x or something in their brains that they just keep recreating over and over again yeah all of them collectively i don't know how many maybe like 15 <laughs> or 20 writers room they all had like this really they had the same exact X. We'll call this X like Chad or something. They all had this Chad that dropped the love bombs, promising all of these extravagant things, and then walk out. And then they just like, you know what? We're going to make three of these or like two so far. But I would not be surprised if we see like a third one happening with like Lizzie or something like that. Because um, we've seen it with Hope and we've seen the handification with Josie. <laughs> it's so like hard looking back. Um which one's actually Landon? Like, oh god, I don't even know. It's like when I'm thinking of like the early season three episodes, I'm just like, I don't know what's going on here. It's so hard for me to like separate all the different Landons <laughs> and like conceptualize them separately. <laughs> like speaking of that, I have to say, like, I still it's not that I don't trust the fact that it's not Landon. I'm just so used to Malivore sneaking around and like mm-hmm. pretending that every time we supposedly see real Landon I'm like is that Landon or is that Malivore see, I don't know like me? when like with Cleo and Landon I was like is that yeah. Landon or is that Malivore that's like a normal response and none of the characters are doing that I'm like this is your <laughs> actual life like <laughs> how are you not suspicious <laughs> It's so funny because you like you tweeted something. You were like, "How is it that she's not smart?" I forgot who what you were talking yeah. about, me. But you were, so, you were saying like you said, like all of them are not smart. Smart like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know when they went Malibor, head dived or whatever. I guess that was 
what mm-hmm. for one i don't know um mm-hmm. yeah everybody just like as soon as quote unquote real landon manifested like alaric and caleb were just like landon yeah. real landon like why would that be their instinct that doesn't make any sense why wouldn't they be like i feel like malivor could be tricking us again right like i just don't understand and no actual that... brain would be like yeah this is real and right. um, it's definitely a real end in this time <laughs> it it just reminds me of the entire storyline with Catherine and elena like what a great way to distinguish characters with the exact same face with the hairstyles you know Catherine with her curls and her high heels and Elena with her straight hair and her uh, converse you know there's a difference in how you interpret the characters almost to the point where even when Catherine would be like shitty and try to pretend to be Elena you still knew it was Catherine yeah the way that they like did the writing was that they told the audience that that's what was going on even though the rest of like the characters had no idea that's how you do that in like Mm -hmm. a good way that makes sense because it's like i i just really think they should have taken advantage of long-haired aria i will never let that go (laughs) i'm like please somebody have some long hair i'm begging one of them one of them should have had longer that longer hair (laughs) do So we could be able to distinguish one of them from the other. Yeah, I like can't even do it. it, Like they went so long in season three pretending mm -hmm. it was real Landon. And even though I was like, that isn't real Landon. My brain can't like take the things that he did and be like, oh, Landon isn't responsible for that. Like how do they, I can't separate (laughs) these like multiple versions. It's seriously like they... They have to have like a board up somewhere where they're like <laughs> tracking. This was Malalandin. This was Goolandin. This was regular Landon. And regular Landon has like human, phoenix, not a phoenix, back to human, ghost, now human again. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, like he has so many damn phases. Like they have to be trying to keep track of it somehow. There's no way because to... there's no way that you just like remember that off the bat. You there's know? no way for them to like tell us in a natural way yeah. anymore because it's just too convoluted like they couldn't just be it's, like here yeah. here was landon this was this landon like they can't just do like a seminar and like break out of <laughs> <laughs> like i do want to know what your like real thoughts were for the premiere though so like <laughs> i i don't know i didn't think it was like amazing i didn't think it was bad either I think it's, like, interesting Mm -hmm. what they're doing with Malivore, because to me, it seems like he's kind of, like, a metaphor at this point for, like, a flashback and, like, PTSD. Um, Like, all of the characters, you know, like, uh, Cleo's village burning down, and, like, Caleb's, like, Mm -hmm. the moment that he murdered everybody, and, like, even MG, like, that time where he murdered landon like basically Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, so it's almost like what he's doing is like pulling people into this darkness and like reconstructing their worst moments their most traumatic things that like ever happened to them and Mm -hmm. i think that like that's interesting because they haven't really done that metaphor in the past um 
it's like he's a walking trigger or something. Yeah, I mean, he's like kind of like just. I think with PTSD, a lot of the time people kind of shut down and they go into this mode of like survival mode. So I think the idea like of him being a metaphor where somebody gets like pulled into this darkness and like can't, especially Landon, like Landon right now is in the darkness and his body right. is just like being controlled by something else, by his trauma basically, mm-hmm. and like inflicting trauma on other people. And um, so I did think that that was very interesting. Uh, I do think though that's kind of the first time they've even tried to do that. Even when Hope was in there, like, they weren't doing it. Right, right. It's like, in some weird way, now that they've decided how powerful Malavore is and what he can do, now he's this big metaphor for almost, like, depression mm-hmm. and 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 sadness and trauma. Right. And uh, it, it's, I wish they had known that season one that he can mess with people mentally yeah. like this i mean because hope hope was in him right. for months and you're telling me she got yeah. nothing like i think like, that would have been it's nothing. hard because i guess with hope i would have liked it to be like her family trauma but like part of that yeah. is just logistically they can't have the actors back and everything and uh, <laughs> oh yeah I, I almost just wish that like I don't know how far you got into Vampire Diaries or if you finished the show, but um, you know when like Elena became a vampire and she got all her memories back. Yeah. I was like, I wish that they had found a way to like have like CGI Daniel into the scenes that were already right. shot of like Klaus dying and Haley dying, so she would have to watch that from afar right. over and over and over again yeah. or something there's there's some way they could get around that like come on like please joseph morgan you are unemployed come back i'm begging yeah <laughs> like, like i think shoot it's something. interesting because with hope they're just showing her like in this like stuck in this bargaining stage of like grief where she yeah. refuses to let go of landon um Mm-hmm. And, like, accept that he's sort of lost. And because of that, she keeps going into this dark place that's, like, Malivore. And so now they're making it, like, mm-hmm. a metaphor for having PTSD and being pulled back into these, like, traumatic moments while... Ooh, that's such a good... Me- like, write a thread on that. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely. It really no, it is because it's like it makes sense. It's like because she won't let go of Landon, she keeps getting dragged mm-hmm. back into her past. She can't let go of the right. trauma of the fact that she couldn't save her. Right, parents. exactly. Like, she's just so, trying to bargain with it and like continuously trying to save him, even though it's just been shown that over and over again, it's sort of a futile effort. Um, which, is, which is why I kind of think that what they do with the storyline finishing it is going to have. A certain message like if it is like oh she gets them back now they're back together that's a horrible message <laughs> because it's telling people that like if you lose somebody you love you should just hold on to it and keep like repeating your same patterns over and over again and maybe it'll work out mm-hmm. it's because it's like how many times do they have to fail at saving landon and escape some horrible consequence because of it you know like how many times are we going to be 
tricked like how we were in the new episode where they accidentally released a whole like monster version of the hunchback of notre dame and shrek and king kong mixed in the one like that was terrifying what was that <laughs> i don't know <laughs> that was truly terrible it was a, a they said it was like a a diabolical. Di- I don't know how to pronounce it. This is a Jewish word, but I was like, "What is that? What is Clark right yeah, now?" How- I was confused about where it went. Like, I guess Hope just like took it into herself. I was like, "Did she take it into herself, or did she just yank it out?" Period. We don't know where it went. They that that <laughs> that's how you tell the writers don't care because they literally just did not show where <laughs> that shit went right. or like what happened to it if it went into hope she would have she's not immune to that she could she could get taken we've seen that happen before hope can be possessed hello there was a whole storyline about it in original she can't right. be possessed like um uh, so it's, it's not immune i don't think there's any reason yeah she's not immune to right. everything i don't know why they kind of do that with her like I don't mind it in certain retrospect. Like, I don't mind the fact that she clearly doesn't have a huge sensitivity to black magic the way the twins do. And I don't mind the fact that when they siphon from her, she doesn't look like she's in pain the way Finch is. But with certain stuff, I'm like, come on now. She ain't Jesus. Like, yeah. Like, she she could be affected by something. Yeah. Like, can why we, didn't they we, just we... do that to begin with if she was just going to negate? Like, cool whatever right. came out of it right right it's <laughs> it's so much that just be left undone and you're just like okay you can tell they just wanted to get this episode over with so they did not care about the logistics at all but okay that makes sense i guess that seeing how many opportunities there are or like just things that they could do that would be really interesting mm-hmm. and then watching them just kind of like do the same thing like over yeah. and over again. Like it was so frustrating this past episode watching Lizzie, a whole ass witch, just do nothing. I was like, how many times are you gonna leave this girl alone and not know how to defend herself? What is what 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 is up with that? No. Come on. Yeah, honestly. Like She's... she had to have someone come save her. Right. It's like I get it that she has to siphon things, but it's sort of sad the fact that we had to live by what Jenny said in a interview like two years ago about her saying her own personal like hit canon is that Lizzie isn't comfortable mm-hmm. with magic for because of her episodes. Right. But it's it's weird. It's like I wish they would right. say that canon. Like I wish because then it would make sense. We wouldn't be making fun of her then. And that could be a whole plot line of Lizzie being like forced to learn how to be okay with magic and learning how to control that because she can't be defenseless yeah. all the time. That could be a whole character arc, but no. Yeah, that definitely would be very interesting, I think. And I don't know why they keep yeah. just making her storyline about like a love interest over and over. Boys. Yeah, it was this, this whole episode where her and Ethan felt awkward and forced. I don't know if that was just me yeah i mean she did kind of say like she wasn't that into it right but it's like she's they they even just like the dialogue it's like jenny and leo have no chemistry because it was like what's your favorite superhero well that's a long list and then she just (laughs) never talks about it i'm like okay (laughs) um 
it's I don't know it just very felt it very much felt like a couple of like 13 year olds who don't know how to talk to one another all awkward right and it's that's so funny to me because Lizzie's the forward twin Lizzie's the one that quickly like jumps in the bed with people so clearly she ain't afraid to speak to people right I don't know it's very strange (laughs) yeah very 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 strange trying to think uh, but I do enjoy you know Arya as Malivore and I think he's very creepy <laughs> very creepy when he was talking to Clark in this past episode and he was like I'm very sorry I should have been a better father I was like you shithead you're <laughs> lying you're lying stop lying it's like Arya's a really good so actor cute. I just feel like they keep like shoving him into different versions of Landon very rapidly yeah it's like he he truly is like the nina don't love <laughs> legacies. he 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 has that talent where he can like switch his character and you get because you you guys were the one it was like you victoria i think who like was one of the people that first pointed out to me that you didn't think landon i didn't was think landon. he was landon from like and... 304 mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like you were the you were one of the first people i think to be like there's something off about this character. Right. Wo and behold, he was a whole statue the entire Because you can time. tell, like, he knows and how to act and he knows how to, like, put, like, these little different. touches to make mm-hmm. it clear mm-hmm. that, like, he's mm-hmm. pretending to be a character that's not actually the character. I don't know. Have you ever seen, like, Orphan Black? No. I have heard about it, though. Ain't that the one where it's, yeah, like, Yeah, so the main character, the main actor, like, <laughs> plays... <laughs> literally like eight twins almost and wow like but there are Jesus. scenes of her playing one of them pretending to be the other one. Oh my god she can basically like it's so interesting she's very talented and she can just like make it very slightly clear that like this isn't the actual other character <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to look at that yeah. one i love that though because it really allows an actor to build a new character that's slightly different but they give new touches like we were saying um like just little head tilts with maliland and and obviously the lighting really helps too to distinguish that you know you put the light underneath them so it looks ghoulish and more sinister on Arya's face all the shadowing that's mm-hmm. really good that's really distinct um the thing with clay landon is that everyone pointed out and i thought it was just like on the part of like like i don't know poor hair makeup there but his hair looked really like tight to his head like the curls weren't lively and then we realize he's not even alive like he's a clay man he looked exactly like his clay bust because all of his curls were not full of life and that might have been in part to help emphasize that you know it was such a subtle thing that you can like maybe they like doused his hair in gel to keep it like tight right right or something right yeah i didn't notice that i didn't (laughs) see i don't be paying attention maybe i should start Because there's so much stuff y'all was getting clues about. And I was just like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. He's just acting weird. I don't know. He he would he was mm-hmm. fangirling over the um the little Muppet, Muppet baby. baby you know? What confused yeah. me yeah. actually was that and, the majority of three A was 
dipped in this yellow lighting. And then we learn later it was like, oh, probably to te- tease all of the times that Cleo actually made a creature. Like the Leprechaun episode was full of yellow where you wouldn't think that why is there yellow there? But then you learn like uh, yellow is like it, it it symbolizes Cleo's powers activating and stuff like that and inspiring people. Mm-hmm. And we saw it when she was uh, doing the clay thing with Hope and we're like, that is so stupid and nasty but there was a yellow glow and then we it, that's that's cool but it's like the recent episode episode two season four why was there yellow again guys why was there so much yellow something is wrong i don't know it's so like, hard it to tell when they're doing weird. something on purpose in the show yeah i think it's because they did that spell you know it's because mm. Okay. Um, okay. You know, Cleo's Cleo's mom does that same spell and her hands glow too. Yeah, right. So it's not a muse thing. It's it's like a it's that practice. And even though Josie's hands didn't glow, she was still right. doing okay. that that spell. That and so I don't know. That's just my That's a good point. Because I was wondering I didn't notice as Because I was wondering why Hope and Josie were in the um the the Great Hall right by where they the little small table and the little like reading room, I don't know what to call it. And It was just full of yellow, and I was like, what is, okay, like, what are they doing? But then I guess it's like they were talking about, and it's like in the same bigger room where they were doing Cleo's spell. I have to say, the episode starting off with that, I thought that was really cool. I thought that was really cool how Cleo shared that memory, and Hope was like, oh my god, that's so smart, we should replicate that um i thought it was like corny the way that you know like jed and wade were like trying to like take shoelaces i mean it's like of course a teen is not gonna have lion's hair on ready standby so they're gonna take shoelaces so i thought that was funny but um i did think i thought i I thought that the the practice that um cleo's family were doing was really cool because you know we've seen so many different witch practices throughout um, the originals we had like you know uh, Vincent Vincent yeah. always spoke like Latin but also French and I was like okay and you, you know that makes sense of course the mm-hmm. the history of Louisiana duh and and then you have like you know we get to see this really cool magic in Africa and um, it's it's cool because we get to see like it was a healing magic and that's I don't know I just think it's so neat the way that they were taking out the snake's venom by putting in someone who had already I thought it, um, yeah. gone through it and that's very like grounded in reality um, like chicken pox right. I thought it was cool it, it was really cool to see how they had like a version of a transfusion but right and it, isn't there something like, called like a chicken pox party I know like people much older than us could probably testify like there are like chicken pox parties you know one I've like a whole group of kids you guys know what I'm talking about like a whole group of kids okay no. well like you get chicken pox <laughs> once then you don't get it in your future so if yeah. it's all controlled and it's a chicken pox party then it's you know but now we have the vaccine um Get the vaccine, guys. Yeah, I didn't get chicken pox. <laughs> I didn't get cha- I didn't get chicken pox because my mom vaccinated me as a child. So this is a way. This is a pro vaccination <laughs> podcast. Get vaccinated. That's true. Vaccinate your yeah. children. I googled it. Please. It is. It is a we pox party. <laughs> um, social activities. Pox yeah, a social activity in which children are deliberately exposed to infectious diseases such as chicken pox. Yeah, I was right. Gee, how did I know that? Probably my dad told me about it. Um, but I just, I just think that's cool. You know, like 
that that's just very realistic. Um, and I thought it was cool mm-hmm. the way that Hope was immersed in that memory. Um, I really like when they do like characters immersing themselves in a memory and seeing it. It's a lot like, you know, WandaVision and going through like a trauma memory lane or or something they want to uncover or unearth. Like when Cleo is sharing her memories with Caleb and Josie. I hope we see more of that. I think I would love to see it to get back to the Hosey show. I would love to see a Hosey immersive flashback. <laughs> yeah, I want the I want the flashback to be immersive with the note, of course. Of course. <laughs> and, you know, they yeah. already got Summer's, yes. they got rot. Summer Fontana's <laughs> number. They can, you know, we can get Summer and we can get Bella, I think, would be the Josie opposite Summer. Um, or Lily Rose Smith. I'm not sure. I, the ages are a little timey-wimey. Um, but I would love to see, like, uh, Kaylee and Danielle's Hope and Josie see Summer, like, Hope. Um, I thought that—I think that would be really cool. But, yeah. Uh, and we learned so much from HoseyCon, guys. I can't believe this happened. Like, we just got so much— like confirmation and um, like validation from the actors themselves, all of these things that we like, of course, of course, Josie would would they be this way and hope would be that way. I think one of my favorite ones and we can apply it going into um, Josie's character is how Kaylee describes like th- there's a really cool blend that we could see where, you know, Josie has a realization that's catalyzed by hope. So, you know, something in the way that, I don't know, she's reacting to maybe what hope said or they have a talk or something like that. And it pushes uh, or propels Josie into some realization with herself. And that goes back to Kaylee's like three years culmination thing. So I really think that Mm -hmm. it could possibly be something that like she takes dark Josie and she takes Josie self and she like merges them you know we we saw like in season end of season two and um like 311 she's like no I want to keep that part of me separate you know so I can have like a very distinct two-sided coin here but I really think that in in the this coming episode episode three we could see Josie just having a head-on conversation with dark Josie being like you know what this is a part of me. I'm just going to merge your confidence into my, like, you know, know-how and goodness. And it would just be an amazing character. Because, you know, like, one character who has Dark Josie's confidence and um, ass- assertiveness and then Josie's um, kind-hearted, kind-heartedness. You know, she wants to do these good things and be good to people. And... If those two come together and Josie has that realization um, because Hope says, like, you know, that's a part of you. I, I do think that that is what it's going to be. And I do think that um, we're going to see Josie being more assertive, like how she kind of was in season two. And maybe even, like, stand up for herself because, you know, she, like, let, like, uh, Penelope walk away. She let Landon walk away. She let Jade. She let Finch walk away. I think once she, like puts those two halves of herself together, she could really just put her foot down and say, I don't deserve this. Like, I 
I, I didn't ask right. to be having this, like, essentially terminal, like, terminal disease. Um, I want to live my way. I want to live my life the way that I want to and not let myself be just known as the girl with the merge cancer kind of thing. Um, right. I think that would be pretty powerful. I, that's why I, like, that's why I, I, don't, I don't really, if I had to speculate, I do think that her three-year culmination is more related to her relationship because it's like I I personally see like Penelope as her first like relationship Mm -hmm. probably ever um because they were supposed to be 14 when they Mm -hmm. dated so like that makes sense to me and that's within the time frame and so I can see Josie I don't know if like Hope talks to her um, I can see it though because clearly the girls all have conversations off screen that we never get to see, which still mm-hmm. pisses me off to this day. But <laughs> whatever, Brett. Um, and if you're listening, Brett. Let us see the conversations, dude. Let us see it. But anyway, okay, yeah. I feel like like clearly Josie went back and told Lizzie and Hope what happened. You know, like clearly Josie was like she dumped me on a park bench, uh. guys. And she had to stop. She had to stop Hope from going to getting her knife collection, <laughs> and she had to stop Lizzie from starting the scabies spell. And she had to calm them down because they were like, "She dumped you in public." Like, you know, I'm sorry. You know, they probably <laughs> went off. So I, I, I feel like I can see Hope being like, or just talking to her, and Josie just finally realizing that all her relationships end the same exact way. And she always like approaches her relationships the same exact way with this need to comfort and and need to constantly sort of like make them feel okay and and, and be surrounded by mm-hmm. the, like she she just does a lot of stuff is and it could be seen as nurturing but it's like she never truly ever thinks of herself like how many times have we seen Josie say sorry. Bench, and how many so times far. have we seen somebody ask how Josie is doing? <laughs> right. It's like that whole situation, I think, pissed off a lot of people because a lot of people were like, how is it that Finch is making the merge all about her? Like Josie, if you want to go that. Like, yeah. hello. It, it was, wasn't it was, balanced. It, it was definitely like you. Uh, yeah, you can understand where Finch was coming from, but you're still like, Josie's the one who has to go yeah. through it though, yeah. bro. <laughs> Josie's the one. It's, it's so... It was, I think Josie needs to realize that everybody looks at her as somebody who isn't worth staying for, or um, clearly, like it happens over and over again, whether or not it was the merge or Mm -hmm. just because they didn't choose her in the end. It's like she is constantly seen as somebody that you don't put effort in enough for. And it's sad. It really is sad. The fact that she's literally begging people for for love. And and so, yeah, I think she needs to have a talk with somebody and that's why I think that she that three-year culmination is a scene with Finch because in the trailer you see French French, 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 Uh, you you see you see you see Finch crying and it's not a happy cry like go look at that scene she looked like she bawling her eyes out yeah I feel like somebody yelling at her dark Josie popping in and making Josie stand up for herself I think it it would be a really cool camera trick too if they had like one shot of it's Josie Josie with like you know like everything's uh, her clothes are pressed. Mm-hmm. Everything's like nice and pristine, and maybe like Finch is crying, and then they do like a a very different camera look where you're like, oh shit, Dark Josie's the one with the mic. 
and she's the one putting her foot down <laughs> and shit like that. I think that would be a cool, neat trick yeah. that I, I, I feel like uh, you would see that in, like, The Haunting of Bly Manor or um, Hill House specifically. That happened yeah. in Hill House. And it's yeah. like... And it's like the 404 description says Finch sees a different side. Oh, of so boom. That's We've, after that. That's we figured after it that out. We figured it out. So jo- so Josie's going to have a talk whether or not that's willing <laughs> or with the little prism. And Dark Josie's going to pop out as someone described during the convention that um, I'm just going to quote this verbatim. Kaylee said they love the idea of having Josie and Dark Josie sort of blend together so you can have scenarios in which dark Josie pops out and says something Josie would never make everyone kind of pause and thinks that would be fun to do and knowing Josie <laughs> and knowing Kaylee dark dark Josie's coming back <laughs> um of course of course dark Josie's course. not done she, she got work, work to do and i <laughs> you know? one of my favorite things from the convention as well is when Kaylee was explaining like why did Josie? Why did Dark Josie say? Now you're starting to get it. I love that we got that answer. Um, yeah. If if people listening at home aren't sure what she said, well, basically, someone asked what it meant when Dark Josie said, "Now you're starting to get it." And Kaylee says, "Oh my God, that was Josie confessing her true feelings," and Dark Josie being like, "Bitch, finally, come on." And Kaylee also said that we'll see Dark Josie again. So I, I'm just, I'm just living for everyone's experiences yeah. right now. I'm like living vicariously. Like 400 <laughs> people met them, and I, like, I will put a link in the podcast like description or caption. You'll find it, guys. And it's like a whole like map of everything that happened um, Saturday, October 23rd. And it, it was just so eye-opening because it's like, oh, my fucking God. Everything we were saying is right. <laughs> yeah. I think the thread is also, like, it's retweeted onto the right. podcast, like, Twitter. So, like, you can see yes. it there as well. So, I don't know. It's it's It was it was a lot. <laughs> yesterday was a lot. I was not expecting oh, yeah. yesterday to go the way it did at all. And to just see that so many good questions were answered like the dark Josie thing I think what's really cool about dark Josie and what people are starting to get is that dark Josie isn't a gimmick thank you she is Josie Mm -hmm. she's a she's a part of Josie that will always be there and just because we have these moments where we get to see her come to life doesn't mean that dark Josie isn't always with Josie um so yeah I, I would be really happy to see Josie maybe act a little bit hell yeah or, or you know a- a- act like she's just like done in time because like it's not a switch that goes off in her head it's not some sort of like supernatural thing jar Josie while the quote-unquote episode that she went through while that was fueled by dark magic like dark Josie was always a part of Josie. Hello, she set Penelope on fire in the first episode. Yeah, I think that was Josie yeah the dark, dark magic. It was dark Josie. The dark people. magic <laughs> just kind of gave a twisted voice on what dark Josie was. But really, what mm-hmm. dark Josie is is just like the halves of Josie that she wishes that she could be this other person that's maybe more like Lizzie who puts right. her foot down on things like and, that, or and, more powerful and, like Hope. Yeah. but Josie herself believes that she can't have the best of both worlds. So that's why there was that whole breakdown in right. 216 where she's like, I, I don't want yeah. her to hurt anyone. I don't want her to kill Lizzie and I don't want to hurt I don't want it to hurt anybody that I love and hope saying, Well, 
she's a part of you. And she says that again in 308. Yeah. Like, these things are a part of you, Joe. Right. Uh, it was so good. Yeah. It was really good. It's a, it, it really is something that's, like, it's, it's something so tangible. And, and, and clearly it's a character and a part of Josie that isn't necessarily evil, too. Like, the dark magic made it into something evil and gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Like... There's no part of Josie that wants to kill her sister. It's just the dark magic forced her to like go into overdrive into self-protection mode because she had a mental break and was like, okay, we need to get yeah. rid of these things yeah. that can clearly kill, kill. So that's why she went after Lizzie and that's why she went after Hope is because the manifestation of dark Josie was influenced by the yeah. dark magic. Really jo- dark Josie, quote unquote, is... Josie who just doesn't want to care about people sometimes Josie just wants to fuck people up especially people who mess with the people that she loves and and I don't think that's something bad as a witch so to say I don't I think it's normal for these kids to have a darker part of themselves and I wish that they would focus on it a little bit more especially since most of them have been through traumatic things that we know of I mean we we really walking around knowing that Jed was a werewolf at eleven yes. or twelve, and we don't know who he killed. So it's like, can we get yes, to that? I'm story? actually excited to um, change the topic going into Ben. Um, ben was also at the convention, and we learned that recently he is like preparing for an emotional scene. So what that would probably be like season four episode maybe eight or nine or something like that. But season four, we are getting to see a. Uh, Jed's background and origin and like what how did the curse come about and I'm, I'm super excited about that because of course like Jed means a lot to Ben um his last name was inspired by his mother's surname if I remember correctly Tien and I'm just I'm just super excited because I feel like the writers you know a lot has happened and a lot of people have been on them as as we should like hey what is Jed doing here if he's been upped to a series regular we haven't Mm -hmm. seen him do anything what they really have him here for is to be the guy that sleeps with Alyssa or or gets tossed across the room and then he's put out on the bench (laughs) sitting on the bench for the rest of the episode I'm like what what is he here and um I just it's it's dumb that it took so long (laughs) yeah they really redefined him into Mm -hmm. like a himbo and while I love it, I'm like, give me more, <laughs> you know? It was so funny seeing him write, like, no blueprints. And Josie just looking at him like, dude, like, so stupid. And it's like the the, the shoelace thing was absolutely hysterical because you know they were trying their best. You know right. that it was done with good intentions, but they're just so ditzy and i just i love how jed is just always trying at all times yeah he's always it's such trying. a different change uh, it, of jed we saw in like season one so it's just like right. some, something happened i don't know i mean it you could say that it might have been sparked by roth like um one-upping him so it makes jed rethink th- how how the pack means to him and ben also says uh that we're going to see Jed fight for respect in the pack. And that kind of reads to me if, you know, Danielle also to add, like she teased that Hope would getting would be getting more dangerous. And like Tribert Hope is definitely here. Like <laughs> I think that it would be interesting if Tribert Hope threatened Jed's um like as 
a power control dynamic in the pack. Maybe like, you know, it, it's like, damn, this badass right here is not our pack leader. And yet, like, you know, this the, the wolf clan is like second guessing Jed. So that would make sense why Jed would be fighting for respect when you have this immortal wolf princess queen, a royal bloodline right there, you know. Yeah. And as and you also can't play billiards. So like you're also kind of Josie like Dark Josie just took over like a bunch of witches and had them like as a little cold. Minions. Yeah. Like I could see yeah. hybrid hope come back and just be like, okay, the pack's mine now. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> I could def- I could see Triber Hope coming back and I almost wish that the school was full because I can see her trying to create her own like mini coven just in the school yeah, for, which is you know, vampires and werewolves. Like the strongest shit. in the school. Like she was creating her own like anti super squad. I can see Triber Hope doing yeah. something like that because she wants to surround herself, especially mm-hmm. if her humanity's off. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on with mm-hmm. the concept of Tribrate Hope. I think that she might actually turn next episode. Yeah. There's just so much about next episode that we don't really know. And that party, like, didn't Danielle laugh at the thought of that party being right, like a Right, right. Like, someone, someone says, like, I, oh, you know, it looks like they're ready for a party. There's, like, stuff, like, out there. And Danielle's, like, laughs at that. And, yeah. and then someone corrects themselves, like, oh, maybe it's a funeral party and like Danielle just kept laughing. So I'm going to I'm going to assume that it's yeah. a funeral party. Yeah, a living wake. I, I think a it would living be wake. I think it would be a lot like I, yeah, it I would could be see a lot like how that. Lizzie gave MG a live eulogy cuz you know, he died young. He's a vampire, he's a teen vampire. So Lizzie giving him a live eulogy would be quite full circle, you know. I think I could see that. Everyone I being think, like, yeah. thank you, Hope, um, I, stuff like that. Because if there's one thing about Hope, and if she gets stripped of her choice of turning, at least she'll have this, where it was like everyone gave a proper like goodbye. Um, I think it's going to be really emotional, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's going to be really emotional with Hope and Olmark. Uh, yeah. He had a fail-safe, of course, with the witches and vampires. He had the thing, the totem that deactivates their powers and stuff like that in season one. And that was, like, a right. sneaky thing because he didn't tell the parent. Or he, he, the parents were aware on, like, their own version of a PTO, but the kids weren't. So that was, like, you know, that was that was kind of like, oh, that he kind of betrayed them, whatever sort of thing. And then um, he would 100% has a fail-safe for Triwood Hope. Maybe... That goes with the tree that we saw in the trailer. Maybe there's a tree growing in the garden yeah. of Salvatore Grounds that is actually something that could, I don't know, harm Hope or at least put her down. I think people are also speculating how Hope dies and maybe the pink blossom tree is like a poison tree. I think someone also mentioned that it's I, uh, someone on Twitter might have said that the Poison tree is also something we saw in the originals. So maybe hope goes out by way of poison because, you know, I don't know, it's just like a peaceful way. Like it's it's not it's 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 fine. You know, it's like falling asleep into your death. But um, it's her choice as well. And it's also something you wouldn't expect because let's yeah. be honest, a stake to your heart is painful (laughs) getting your head ripped off all you know all these different ways that klaus killed people i think it would be really good 
if Hope, you know, had that one thing to herself where she just had like a peaceful poison. And I think that could be actually what the blossom tree is. I mean, I know it was like bleeding on the bark, which is like questionable, but yeah. I think if Hope wanted to die, she would find a magical spell that slowly mm. like stops somebody's heart and she would ask oh, the twins to do it. That would be so genuinely. sad if the siphons... I think that... I think that's what it, it would be like because they would be holding her. Both of them would be holding her hands, scythe, or maybe they just siphon her to death. I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, I feel like they would both just be there. I don't think Hope mm-hmm. would die alone. And I don't think the way that she would transform, it would not be a bloody transformation. It would not be, yeah, like how Caroline got suffocated oh, yeah. or something. Like, no, it would not be. It would be something very peaceful and it would be a very sad moment because you know that she's giving up her mm-hmm. mortality. And so, yeah, that's the way I personally think it's going to happen. And then, like, the tree that Cleo saw in that vision, which, God, I hope Malibor doesn't find out about, but we know he will because yeah. he has to, because hello. Um, but I, 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 I feel like that's a hint back to mm-hmm. the white oak tree. Yeah. Um, and I, cause like the blood pouring from it and everything, it made, it would just remind me of Esther's spell and how that tree was the trigger for creating the vampire species and like how her family's blood like relates back to like this white oak thing. I don't know how you can kill tribrid hope. Um, but if something tells me white oak is definitely going to be a part of the conversation, it always mm-hmm. is when it comes to originals. We, mm-hmm. so, we still have yet to see um, actually the ferryman too. And you know, that seems quite likely if, if hope is dying mm-hmm. next episode and it's probably most probable she is if yeah. So I could I could see her being in that limbo with the ferryman and maybe have like two or three two scenes maybe where she's currently lifeless where everyone else is you know around her side by side or maybe there's like a threat going on so they have to protect literally like hope being lifeless but hope herself is on her own little it's like the it's like the moment where Harry Potter is in the train station it's all white and he's talking to Dumbledore <laughs> Um, the the dreamy like <laughs> I th- yeah. it would be really interesting. Yeah, it it would be interesting if Hope dies and she has like a moment right to decide like if it's like you don't have to come back, Hope. You can stay here in this limbo and go on this boat and right. go see your parents, or you can go back to the world of the living and transform mm-hmm. into the tribe. It would be really interesting if they present her. And with the ferryman, like if I the ferryman know. doesn't speak I just thought- and she's having these conversations to herself where the ferryman is not agreeing, but also not like refusing her. It's, it would be interesting if the ferryman is just waiting for her answer. Um, I would love that actually. I think right. I love that lore and I love that. Um, I think it would also yeah. look really cool. So like, so, like, what do you guys think about the fact that Hope told Alaric, she said something like, I thought there was, there was nothing I wouldn't do for Landon, but there's something about the fact of turning into a tribrid that she can't do. What do you guys think about the fact that she admitted that there is now something she won't do for Landon? I think... You know, the one thing I that, think, that he needs. I think it's really interesting, and people have already pointed out on Twitter that she says these words, and, you know, this is right after the episode two, she tells Cleo... I thought, like, I, I just, you know, I, I was telling myself, you know, no reality is better than this fantasy. And she was grasping onto this fantasy for so long. She's realizing she had to wake up 
She had to wake up and touch grass. She had to see her reality for what she was actually doing and how this was affecting other people and how this was actually affecting her. And to see hope finally sinking in, like, I did all of these things. I've gone to great lengths. I've moved worlds. I've broken friendships, and I've made up with them. But the one thing that I can't do is is go die and um, turn and bring him back and and end Malver once and for all. She's been on she's been on the back and forth on that for several episodes, and you know, putting that up against the fact that she was very willing to let you know like Dark Josie kill her, stake her, or you know taking a bullet when um, the triad agents shot at her, the three of them, and, you know, launching herself into harm's way to make sure, like, the twins are safe or or that Josie, like, keeps up this uh, distraction with hope until, like, uh, you know, backup came in. I think that's so interesting because there are things that she's willing to do with the twins and Josie specifically versus Landon especially realizing that Landon was this fantasy that she kept holding on to that she had to ultimately wake up to. And I think once she turns and once she's a tribrid, it I think she's going to get that assertion. She's going to tell Landon right there and then, like, I had to wake up. I'm a new person. I just can't do this. And that that is the end of Handon. And I think Landon would actually be understanding. She's a tribrid. You're not going to, like, talk back. <laughs> Real quick, we want to thank Malia Hosey Writings on Twitter for sponsoring the Hosey Show to tune in to Danielle's Q&A panel. And I want a, th- a big thanks to Gold Rush Events for hosting such an incredible virtual experience. Not only was that the first time for Kaylee, but it was also one of my first conventions that I've ever, like, attended. So I was really excited personally to see everyone's experiences, and it was such a great collaboration. Yeah, and we also wanted to thank all the people who took the time that they had with Daniel and Kaylee to mention the Hosey podcast. Um, This podcast was never meant to get their attention. It was just sort of like a cool space for us to have brain rots together. So being able to have them recognize it and know that it exists, we're really thankful. So we wanted to thank Leslie and Sierra and Maya, and Aisha, <laughs> and who else said something? Oh, uh, I don't know how do you say your name? Kalini? <laughs> I don't know how to say the name. But yeah, thanks to everyone who mentioned um, the Hosey Show. You guys truly did not have to. And so yeah, thank you for that. We're super happy. We're super pleased that Kaylee was like, yeah, you guys are iconic. Keep doing what you want to do. Keep fighting for what you believe in. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you do you too, Kaylee. Kaylee and Danielle. Keep fighting the good Hosey fight. We'll do our own part. Everyone is in the trenches. We're all here for Hosey. So it's really great to hear everyone is on board. Yeah. Tune in next week, guys, where we talk about Hope Dying, probably, in episode 403. And how legacies might not fuck up next time. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. 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 More to come next week on our next episode of The Hosey Show. You can stream the latest episode of Legacies on the CW app right now. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your audio. And for the latest news and updates, you can find us on Twitter at The Hosey Show.